very welcome to Wade In as we look back on the weekend and another contender joins the Supreme Novices Hurdle Frame. Could this be the best Cheltenham Oper in the history of the race if they all managed to stay and line up? Footsteps to the festival as well. We're going to preview the Ballymore, the Champion Chase and the Brown Advisory plus all your listener questions answered in the company of Mr. Kevin Blake. Kerry Kev. Hello, Hugo. Who would have thought I'm still getting over the shock that a leading contender for the Supreme Novices Hurdle might emerge from Ireland? In yeah, the, in, the, in these weeks, and I just, from uh, Willie Mullins as well. From Willie Mullins, who'd have thought it? Huh? My jaw, I needed a JCB in to get my jaw off the floor. It's amazing. <laughs> we'll, we'll come to that in a couple of minutes' time. Tony Calvin's with us. He's also currently so full of steroids after his latest MOTs. Personally invited to run for Bob Baffert in the Breeders' Cup next <laughs> November. How are you, JC? I'm telling you now. I'm, I'm on day four. Yeah. I have a, I've had a free um, the first three days. You get a ten tablet a day blast. Yeah. I'm not telling you, my energy levels are off the scale. Now you can oh, understand yeah. why Baffert yeah. is so successful. I tell you, that's yeah, I, I just went on my local Literally. walk and I just picked up a ten-ton truck like that. It was <laughs> no steroids for Vanessa Royal. I take it, Vanessa, after the weekend. None needed. Quiet weekend. Quiet weekend. Very Lovely. happy over here. In the hey, region. water and oats. Nothing more. Every time, I, every time I see you, you've got a back full of shit after falling off a horse. I know that was disappointing, that actually. <laughs> that was a disappointing turn of events. What, you but... go so quick, you jettison off the back, do you? Hardly, no. It was a it was a very disappointing sort of bobble off, you might say, Tony. Like I was Soft in well, Yeah, I was in walk. Well, and then there was obviously some activity from the horse. But anyway, he managed to get me off, and I've had that horse. He's a 10-year-old and he should know better. So I was a touch disappointed, but anyway. It's a bit unfortunate anyway. you, you seem to have landed in 10 tons of fox shit, but there you go. Well, I know. It's, it was a foggy, it was a frosty day and it was the only spot on the whole gallop that has a bit of a puddle and he decked me in it. So that Murphy's was Law, as they say in Ireland, is Murphy's Law. Um, okay, guys, we have um, racing to talk about from the weekend. Just come. We might as well kick off with Bob Aldrich again because... And um, he's, uh, I guess, the name on everyone's lips after yesterday's performance. Uh, jumping, did you think he was better? Performance overall, people are getting very excited. Are you as excited? Ah, the auto praise, Hugh. Yes, we talk about this phenomenon. <laughs> the the pre written tweets of the auto praise um, in situations like this. I did think he was better. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was a small, but I was, wasn't overly impressed with him um, first time up, just in jumping terms. Um, he, he was like he was grand. He was a bit skewy and a bit left in a few places. Um, he was definitely straighter here. He was clever when he when he needed to be. Um, it was a good round of jumping without being a, a spectacular one. But look, he is what he is. He, he's going to be running over two and a half miles. You don't necessarily want or need a spectacular jumper. Um, it, it was very practical, efficient. Um, etc. And look, he came off the bridle probably earlier than some might have expected, but he was good and strong from before the last. So look, if we didn't know all we knew about him from last season, um, I don't think people would be getting as excited. He'd be considered a good promising young novice without being, you know, a superstar in, in ascendance. Um, so I, I, you know, I'm, I'm damning him with faint praise, I think would be the conclusion, Hugh. I don't yeah. want to pick at him too much, but he just didn't have the, he hasn't had the X factor in, in his two starts over fence to date for me. Yeah, and I think that's a fair, um, a fair point, Tony, because I guess people expected so much of this horse because of what he did last year, particularly in the Ballymore and just blowing away opposition. And Capitano put it up to him yesterday to kind of turn it for home when I was like, all right, mm-hmm. Uh, let's, we're going to see what you're made of here now, and and he was given a he was given a right old race. Yeah, looking at the reruns this morning, um, I went back and had a look at the in running betting. Um, right, and, and Capitano, Capitano traded just two point zero two, so 
plenty of people thought he was getting out and for one moment I just is it I mean I I'm not a, I'm not a real student of the horse as such at one point I thought he was, his head carries looked a bit reluctant but he certainly went forward and he finishes his race off obviously brilliantly doesn't he but yeah, he's clearly got an obvious chance in in that race. I mean, there's not a lot of depth to that race. Maybe Long Press and maybe Willie Mullins or said Horton Calor or Saint Sam over two mile four instead of going down two mile route. But I look at his price at even money, and I just think if I was asked about uh, these questions are always horrible. But I mean, if you asked about Bob Bollinger at uh, even money on the exchange or or Honeysuckle at four or five, I mean Honeysuckle gets the vote ten times out of ten, doesn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. I, I think so. And, and and Vanessa as well. I mean, even for the Turners now, what was formerly the Marsh, we just stop changing the bloody names and races for Christ's sake. <laughs> or alternatively, just get rid of it altogether. <laughs> stop yeah. changing the feckin' names of the races. Have your sponsors, if you like, but call it a bloody name, stick with it, and we can all stop going absolutely bananas. The Turners, the Marsh, the JLT, the whatever the hell. Anyway, Vanessa, what do you think about Bollinger? <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad. I'm glad Tony and Kevin went first because uh, they've said what I, I thought, specifically Kevin, as in I definitely wasn't massively blown away by him yesterday. And But yet, post-race on racing TV and also in the write-ups I've, written, I've read on, you know, in the Racing Post and Sporting Life this morning, I mean, anyone would think we saw the second coming and we definitely mm. didn't no. like po post race, Kevin and um, who was on. It was the Jane, Jane, Jane yeah. Kevin and Jane. I genuinely and this doesn't often happen. I love novice chases. I'm very keen to go into auto praise and I have to sometimes take myself back. But I finished watching it. And then when they came on, I honestly just for a moment was like, was I watching a different race here? Honestly, I was not. I, you know, I don't think the jumping comes naturally to him. When I say naturally, I don't mean that he's a bad jumper. We're talking just at championship level and the very best of the best mm. when it comes to novice chasers. Yeah. He's definitely not up there. That was backed up by the post-race comments that they've done an awful lot more schooling with him than they have done with other horses in Henry de Bromhead's yard in the past. That says quite a bit, and we could see that on debut. Yes, he'd improved jumping-wise, but he's far from impressive. And like Kevin said, he doesn't need to be impressive over two and a half miles, but I definitely... Definitely, and I'm um, inclined to think that the jumping doesn't come absolutely naturally for him. Uh, Kevin, um, what Tony said about his head carriage just when he came upside the JP horse, I think in the past he has had that slightly high head carriage. Obviously. I wouldn't be so worried about that. But and the end, look, there's no doubting it. The engine was obviously there. We know what the second horse can do. The second horse is probably going to prefer stepping up to three miles in time. He beat him an okay distance. He put him. He put it to bed relatively okay, but. To the point that post-race, I then, when the replay came up on my phone, I was like, I'm just going to watch that back again because yeah. I was either watching a different race or I'm just not as overexcited about him as everyone else is. Yeah. You know, what, what, can I make one quick point to you? Just sure. some, a possibility that we should consider is when you look back at his form last season, right? He did what he did through the season in Ireland and then he went to Cheltenham and it was absolutely electric. Uh, and I think the ground might have been a big factor there. He got much better ground at Cheltenham than he'd be getting in Ireland. And like he's a particularly good moving horse. And I'd yeah, say that, that sounder surface definitely suits him better. And he hasn't got it yet over fences. So I would just kind of reserve the possibility that when he does meet better ground, that he could up his level again, um, which almost makes it a slight pity that he isn't going to the Dublin Racing Festival where he would get better ground. 
Is he um, definitely well, not going? Because they said well, that he was, there was mixed messages, but I, but yeah. I think that I, I, there were some quotes coming out afterwards that were kind of suggesting that he might. But then you actually went and watched the interview yourself, and you know I think um, no, it, it doesn't seem likely. Uh, to be honest, I think people were cherry picking the words that they like the sound of with a view to uh, you know upping the possibility of him going to the, to the DRF. But uh, yeah, I'd be shocked at say having listened to the interview myself. Um, I, is it, I wonder, was it ever a consideration to keep a horse who was so good over hurdles, over hurdles, given that Henry has said he's had to school him a lot more than he would other horses, his jumping isn't the most natural, as Vanessa mentioned out there. I wonder, was it ever a possibility that I'd say, look, just keep him over hurdles? And why, why are we so such a rush to put the horses over fences, even yeah. ones that aren't naturally taken to them? We've got a question on that later, actually. But yeah, yeah. it's... Um... It's strange. No, no, haven't taken the, haven't, I suppose, tried, tried to water down the auto praise. I think we might be in danger of pouring too much water on <laughs> it. Like, like he, he's not a bad jumper offense, I don't think. He's just, he, he's not electric. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, like oh, his jumping wouldn't be a big concern for me as such, but yeah. it's just I'll, a, the, 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 I'll never get out of my head the last probably 40 seconds of that Cheltenham race last year where he went past that Brave Man's Game in that yeah. famous piece of head cam footage, literally yeah. like Brave Man's Game was like a 100 rated plodder, right? And then he scampered up that hill, pinged the last, that photo of him over the last. Honestly, just this, in terms of how performances stick in your memory, I'll never mm. forget the last 40 seconds of that race. But that's what we're all, that's what, like Kevin said, we're all keeping in our minds. And then that's what we're expecting, mm. you know, in terms of seeing him in performances now chasing. And so I think Kevin's right about the ground. And you're right, look, we don't want to throw too much water on it, but it sounds like we're all in agreement that we might not have been quite on the let's go cock a hoop and wax lyrical about this horse. Yeah. Yeah. Straw, straw, straw poll, if the two and a half mile novice chase didn't exist in a, in a glorious alternative the, the, the reality. Campbell's, the Campbell's minestrone soup. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on, give us the question, Kev. Yeah, would you run him in the Arkle or the RSA? I'd run Arkle. him in the Arkle. Arkle. I'd run him in the Arkle. He's too quick for the RSA. Oh, I think I'd nearly run him in the RSA. Yeah. Would you? Yeah. yeah. I think he's yeah. got a hell of an engine. I'd keep him oh, back no, for doubt. entry. Yeah. I'd keep him back for entry and punches down this <laughs> Piss off. Just one last thing on his jumping. I think we may be being spoiled by Galloper and Deschamps and uh, Brage about mm, this yeah. game. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Everyone, you know, you're, you're judging him against two Real jumpers. Yeah. 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 Okay, fair enough. Um, what do we make then of Vanessa at Dicer Dynamo? Does he come into the supreme picture as a serious contender um, on the basis of what we did yesterday? It's hard to know. Um, really given what was in behind them but he certainly did what he had to do very impressively yeah I mean you couldn't help but be impressed by the way in which you went about it um, the race seemingly just fell apart there were some very tired horses in behind him and obviously they all came uh, back varying lengths and distances behind a large distance winner I guess the obvious concern is the way in which he tanked off in the style in which he did. And when I was watching it back again this morning, I just thought he was lit up to start with. But then I think it was the second he, um, you know, Paul just saw a stride and gave him, a, I think it was the second, gave him a little squeeze and he, he jumped it really well and he landed. And then he was like banging the bridle again, like far too keen for anyone's liking. And he did that a couple of times, just like rushing off after his fence. And, you know, he's definitely still a work in progress. He's definitely a supreme horse for me at this point on that basis mm. we know about his breeding and quotes that 
Willie has said it in, in the past, but if you just look at that race, you wouldn't want to be stepping him up to two and a half miles anytime soon. But then, of course, the obvious issue of how hot the Supreme is versus how weak the Ballymore is comes into play. So if you ask me where I think he's going to go, I think he looks like a Supreme horse at this time in his career. But who knows in Willie Mullins land where these horses are going to go. And if the Supreme is as hot as it looks, then would you choose to swerve it? You, you yeah. might well do with a horse like him. The other factor and concern, Tony Calvin, is that would you be worried about the trainer? Does he actually know how to get a horse ready for a Supreme Mullins or how to win? That would be, be my concern. Yeah, Does he actually know how to win a race like that? The only problem is he only bloody makes his mind up about 9.55 on Sunday, doesn't he? Loves yeah. that game. Loves and, that. Like I said, Anybody's look that horse went, went into yesterday's race as favourite for the Ballymore, and you know if you've backed him for the Ballymore at decent prices, you must be looking at the race thinking, "Oh shit!" You know, as soon as soon as that horse won, so Gerhart, you know, sh- shortens up to basically challenging for favouritism for the Ballymore on the back of that because they just think, "Oh, so Gerhart's now going to be moved uh... to the Ballymore." Uh, Dice Art's now going to be running in the Supreme, for which he's now third favourite. <laughs> it's these bloody, it's these bloody intermediate distance races. They just shaft, they just shaft everything, betting the whole lot, it, and, and you, we just know you, we're going to get a guessing game up until the run up to Cheltenham. Yeah, now everyone's everyone's going to be playing on artificially short prices on these non-runner no bet markets. It's just, I looked at. We'll, we'll go into that Ballymore, you know, as one of our. Races for the festival, isn't it? A foot bets for the festival. Yeah. I looked at that Ballymore in depth yesterday, and it is a complete mess of a race. Trying to even find out what's going to run in it. Let Glad you said that early. Uh, yeah, you're going to have. It's so certain, stupid. It's so stupid. <laughs> what are we doing? This is the most stupid structure that we've managed to end up with in, a, in this sport. It's unbelievable. Like if, if when you look at it. What are we doing? Like, we've got way more novice grade one options over hurdles and fences than we do open a championship race. It makes no sense. Like, if you were going to do it, you can find the novices to two distances. And then, you know, because you've, it's one crop, you've, you've a more limited number of top prospects coming through. And if you huh. needed to, you'd give them, the you know, a greater number of options at championship level because it's multiple groups of novices coming through together. And we've got three novice hurdles, four novice chases. Oh. It's just infuriating. Okay. Jeez, well, Kevin, I, I never oh. knew you were quite so irate about the jump pattern. This is new news to me. Yeah, yeah. I did. What made what made me laugh? What made Every me laugh time. a few what made me laugh a few weeks back? We had uh, I didn't put the questions in because I just direct <laughs> messaging back. He just said, "Is there any reason why we don't have mile jumps? Uh, mile jumps races?" I thought. You know, mate. Please, <laughs> please, no. Oh, it's just the Willie Mullins bingo, and it's just in Sure, Patrick. Patrick doesn't even know what Willie's going to do. He's his bloody son. He live, you know, he's there the whole time. He doesn't know what he's going to do. But like, I mean, I mean, potentially now we could uh, look. We'll talk about the Ballymore later on. We could have Sir Gerhard against Constitutional Hill in the Ballymore, and we have the other boys, John Bond and Dice. And anyway, look, as you say. It's it's insane. The options are insane, and I don't know. Carnage. It's just what a beautiful world it would be. You're either fast or you're slow. There's a two mile yeah. option and a three mile option. There wouldn't be like uh, you know, there'd be so much less Mickey acting and yeah. so around, good. and it's just so frustrating. But anyway, Dice or yeah. Diamond, I was impressed with him, Hugh. Um, mm. not Dice or Diamond, Dice or Dynamo. Um, I was impressed with him. In fairness, he, uh, you could not be. It was a very powerful performance. Like you'd say, yeah. it was almost it was a bit undersoish. 
yeah you know in terms of the visual and then you look at the at the times like you know it was a significantly faster time than the than the other two races you know all being made in hurdles um over the same course and distance but i suppose it was the way the times were different in that the difference between them and you're talking kind of eight to ten seconds was all kind of in the in the in the the first to middle section of the race like they actually finished off i think from tree out in, in a very similar time all three but this horse just busted apart in in the first and middle part of the race with the, with the much stronger pace he set and, and that was on the so he used to kill races in the, in the middle section with, with the power and the, and, and the pace that he went you know more so i suppose in the first three quarters of his career than later on when he settled down a bit uh, and it was just very good a little bit airy at his first couple of hurdles but did level out much better and um, li- little bit out to his right at times if you're being picky but um just very impressive uh, and look, I know a few of his main market rivals disappointed, but you have Gringo Debrell there, who you know had been ten lengths behind Stage Sar, a horse that you know plenty are getting excited about in the UK. So that gives you some context. And look, there's no doubt he's a big contender now. If it's me, you know he's a supreme horse. Um, you'd be worried about him settling over that mid-range trip if you tried him over it. Um, so he's a supreme horse in my mind. We'll see what Sir Gerhard does um, for mm-hmm. Willie um, in, in the next couple of weeks. <clears throat> One thing I'd say is that. The thought, the thought seems to be in Willie's head that Sir Gerhard could be a mid-range horse. He was saying that at, at the beginning of the season that he, he thought Kilcroft was more two-miler um, and Sir Gerhard was more mid-range. My own view at the time, and I'm sure I said it on the show, but was kind of the opposite. I thought Sir Gerhard was the two-miler and Kilcroft was the one for longer trips. Um, so I suppose it depends what, Kil- what Sir Gerhard does assuming he runs in a shorter race at the DRF. But look, it's all boiling up nicely, but the, the possibility of these horses being chopped and changed um, very late in the day, you know, if there's a ground change late on at Cheltenham, you know, it could change things again. Are we just going to be dealing with loads of stupid uncertainty and Willie Mullins and Nicky Henderson bingo going up to very late in the day rather than being able to talk about these races with a degree of certainty and build them up and be a bit more bullish in our opinions, um, sure, we'd, have, we'd, we'd, have, we'd have loved to give out about Kev, we'd have nothing to give out about if the lads, you know, all heaven, heaven lads, forbid you know. we could properly weigh up the races and weigh up yeah. strengths and weaknesses, uh, you know, not going in with a great amount of certainty what's going to be racing against what. But as it is, it's uh, we're playing bingo and trying to get inside trainers' heads, and it's just that's just a bit of a dose. But hey, ho, yeah, me having a Monday it, moan is yeah, you're perfectly entitled to it. That's why we have you on, Kev. 300 <laughs> is that um, your idea of a national hunt bet at a six to one, Tony Calvin, or are you prepared to just uh, let him line up and see? What um, not really. I mean, he's won three pretty uncompetitive races, isn't he? I, I, I did text um, the McNeil family earlier about because that horse is a five to four favorite in, in places uh, at Lingfield on Friday. This weekend, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it literally just got back to me, got back to me at five past 12, might as well timestamp it, and said the plan is not to run at Lingfield on Friday. So, mm-hmm. um, if you are going to think about backing that at Lingfield, on plans change, obviously. Uh, the race may cut up, they may run, but the plan is not to run at the moment. But yeah, um, I, I it was his best performance to date, um, I think on uh, on Saturday, but. I think stiffer tasks await there. I mean, yeah. there's a, 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 you know, there's some there's some decent horses, Irish horses in that uh, longer staying novice, isn't there? So, no, uh, doesn't massively excite me, but you'd love to own him, wouldn't you? But, yeah, and Vanessa, um, I don't know if you did hit your head hard when you fell off the horse there last week, but if you did hit your head and you're, you kind of had a bit of a bang, would you consider backing Mr. Fisher for the Ryanair, or is that completely crazy? I think the question. 
Uh, it's not out of the question, but it's not for me. Him and three under three five. I mean, without sort of you know a sweeping brush remark, but they kind of tick the same boxes for me. As in, in that place where you know they're not. They've probably we probably now know they're not top tier performers in their category. Um, three under three five would have to progress on again. Very similar to what Tony said, a decent enough performance, but and and probably the best that he's put together so far. But he's not my idea of a championship horse at the top level. And Mr. Fisher showed himself to be short at the top level, but that's fine. They're, those two horses are, you know, uh, well placed. They're making hay whilst the sun shines, quite literally. And, um, you know, credit to Connections because Mr. Fisher, that was a perfect race for him to pick up, a race that fell apart in the way it did, not only in deck time but also in the race itself with Rouge Vish being obviously far too keen and I think it was reported to have a respiratory problem and then Deffy obviously never got into the race Rouge Viv went out like a light and then Eldorado Allen ran the sort of race he always runs and Mr Fisher picked up the pieces under a nice ride perfect grade mm. two performance happy days I'm sure connections are delighted but him and three under through five just like I say tick that box where they're picking up these races that they're perfectly capable of winning on the way to the spring festival where I think they'll probably get found short again would be my guess. Yeah, that's and that's a pretty fair assessment, I think. We've had a, a text in from Johnson who says, what next for Sporting John? Does anybody know what the plan might be? I, I can't imagine they're running the final, will he? He, he, run the, yeah. he, he won the pretemps qualifier mm-hmm. off a mark of 151. Like 1-5-1 would be enough to, to have given him top weight in, in some recent renewals. So he's going to go up his few pounds. He'd almost certainly be top weight. Um, look, he, it wouldn't be a very JP thing to do, would it? <laughs> you know, to win a qualifier and go for the final, he'd be entitled to take his chance in the in the stairs hurdle if they wanted to. Yeah, um, he, he wouldn't be a million miles off him. I know there's a few big guns after emerging more recently, but he'd, he'd be fully entitled to go have his crack at that. I'd imagine. And Kev, yeah. what's the last horse to win a qualifier and go on and win the final? I happen to know that to be Fingal Bay, Vanessa, from uh, <laughs> 2014, I believe. Yeah, what was it? Wow. Okay. Good stuff. Um, we, we do know that Shishkin's definitely lining up on Saturday. By the way, do we? Um, uh, apparently, uh, again, it's, I haven't seen the actual decks, but apparently, we, apparently, we've got a massive in the Clarence House Chase at the five days. Five. 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 Have, have we got an ergamine or, or shaken for as well? I, 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 someone said earlier a ergamine has been confirmed, but I haven't seen the five Ooh. yet. So, I don't, so two boys, someone. someone Go on, go on, Kev. You no, must have a no, race. No, you you race planners got access to all the early information. <laughs> yeah, on. yeah. Okay. Well, look. Well, Kev, we're going to try and find that out then, and we could have the clash of an Ergamine and uh, Shishkin. Would be unbelievable. That just in and of itself. Um, yeah. Well, obviously, we'll talk about the two mile division a bit later. But the worry, even if an Ergamine has been declared, and Kev's just finding that out. Um, it's soft ground at Ascot, and it's unlikely to dry up too much. But the forecast over here is for just brilliant sunshine all week, dry. And obviously that's not ideally in Mergamine's favour. For all he, he's probably all fine on, you know, good to soft, soft in places kind of ground. He is got, he is, seems to have a bit of a more preference for mud than, uh, than Shishkin. So with, with all these things, I, I think um, if you get your declaration in early and uh, obviously um, Nicky Hedson did at, uh, at Kempton on Saturday, yeah, you, you know, if you say I'm going to run, then the ball's in the other person's court. It's exactly the opposite to what happened in the Tingle Creek as well. So yeah. it'd be interesting to see uh, who rocks up there. But have we got yeah. the five yet, Kev? No, I'm trying here. They, they haven't popped. They're in, but they're not 
published. Oh, no. Okay, well, shall we? Um, we will by the time the show's by over. By the time the show finishes up, yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about the Ballymore then in our footsteps of the festival and um, of what we make of it. I, look, I guess we, we've spoken, Vanessa, a lot about um, the novice hurdle division over the last few weeks, just by virtue of the fact that Constitution Hill and John Bond and now uh, Dice Heart Dynamo have been so impressive. But um, if you're looking at the top of the betting, so Sir Gerhard nine to two, Dice Dynamo five to one, Constitution Hill seven to one. Um, you know, if those three were to line up, um, I, I don't know who, who your preference would be for. It's hard to really have an in-depth preview at this stage, but just your overall thoughts on the picture at the moment at this time. Well, it's just like, look, without going overall grand, just what the boys have been banging on about, and Kevin specifically, it's just disappointing that we're going to have this situation. This is just this horrible grey area race, which has got, as discussed, no idea what's actually going to run. Um, top three in the betting could easily go to the two-mile route. Journey with me is of interest, obviously one at Leopardstown, sort of next best in the betting with Stage Star. Journey with me is probably, you know, I feel like we've, we're yet to see anywhere near his best. And obviously the yard was very out of form when he won at Leopardstown and I like him as a horse. Mm. Uh, so he'd probably still be in there and he's a horse that we probably know does go here. Stage Star's a little uninspiring, isn't he? Given the fact that he's three from three, three this year, I don't know what it is about him. I was uninspired with him last time at Newbury even though it was a decent enough performance but it's just something about him that I I I don't know maybe I'm being harsh on him I can't even really put a finger on why he did it nicely he got there too soon at Newbury and then went away nicely in the end um but I just can't help but think there'll be an Irish contender that'll pop its head above the parapet and be in a different league that's the lingering thought in the back of my mind at the moment and he hasn't exactly been given the sort of big hype by his yard either so this yeah something about him not liking like Hillcrest I don't think he's got the class to win one yet he's got a similar profile to stage star comes in here obviously he's won at the track as well and he's a nice he's a nice horse but I don't think a championship two and a half mile hurdle race is going to be for him um and then you're just down to some horses that you just aren't even I don't know it's just such a nothingness race that was a pathetic effort as a at a race preview wasn't it but, no, but it's very it's but it's impossible it's impossible i mean like, I, I, I prefaced the question by saying look it's very yeah. difficult to make sense of this i year. mean staghorn after the weekend i would like to see him over the two and a half at cheltenham if they go mm. there with him i just uh yeah i love the way he jumped i was really i was genuinely quite impressed with him um obviously he'd have to step up again but he's got this completely different profile to 90 percent of the horses in that anti-post market in the fact that he's obviously off the flat and as a result is a completely different type Type. you know the performance at the weekend I love that way about him the way he goes off in front he's got real zest for the game we, he stays the two and a half miles really strongly I know he's got the Albert Bartlett option but I'd love to see him over the two and a half at Cheltenham and play catch me if he can with the rest of the field and on good ground would he have a bit more speed than a load of horses in there probably I mean to be fair that race I know he's two from two now he's still green as grass he's got loads you know, he's got loads to still develop, but it's his jumping that I love. And when you look at the horses that we're taking him on, it's so different. And like Tony says, we have got a question about this uh, in the question yeah. part of the show, just in terms of horses that go, you know, hurdling versus chasing or whatever. He's obviously off the flat and he's now an out hurdler. When you looked at him compared to a few horses in that race at Warwick at the weekend, you know, from party business to that Viva La Villa, 
it's like comparing apples and oranges in an apple tart competition, as in like they're just completely different types of horses. And the first two home at the weekend were the flat horses. What are you laughing at? <laughs> the idea, the idea. Are you, picturing, are you picturing Vanessa in her baker's outfit trying to make apple tarts on a Monday morning? Game? I'm just that saying is. they're such got, different types. That's got to go out and get some vanilla ice cream to have with it later. Yeah, yeah. Tell you what, you could you could chop off the sleeve of your jumper and put it on your hat for a nice chest hat there. That'd actually be perfect. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Anyway, I'm just saying that he's a proper out and out hurdler. I'd like to see him over the two and a half miles but like I say he'll probably get outclassed by something on the day but I hope they do go down the two and a half mile route with Staghorn and a betting question for you Tony Calvin given your position with Constitution Hill in the Supreme which is a very nice position if he does line up but why would you not cover yourself by backing Constitution Hill at seven to one for the Ballymore in, in the chance that Nicky Henderson will split up as superstars put John Bond and Supreme Constitution Hill will go for the Ballymore and he'll get the best of both worlds. Why would you not um, put your position up at 7-1 to one in the Ballymore Constitution Because, because it, it dissipates the bet you're getting elsewhere, doesn't it? I mean, if you're on at 7-6s and I, I did go in at 5-2 to two immediately after the Tollworth, if I'm, I'm you know, giving away another 15%, uh, You'd be giving away 100% of your own yeah, to the well, bar. Yeah, but like, you've, you've got, look, I, I think he's a bang two-miler, and I really, I really can't, no, I, 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 it would but, really but if, he, if, he, if, he, if he lines up, if he lines up in the Ballymore, Tony, surely he'll be close to six to four, seven to four shot on the day. I mean, oh, you know, well, but yeah, I mean, if, if he obviously when the nominal no bet markets come out, he will be about a six to four chance for the for the Ballymore as well. Uh, all in, uh, non one no bet. But mm. just looking at that race, I mean, at the top, the four at the top of the market, you've got four of the five at the top of the market. You've got Dysart Dynamo, Constitution Hill, Sir Gerhard, Ginto, um, and Stage Star. I mean, if you ask me to back one all in now, I'd probably back Stage Star because Stage Star's probably definitely going to go there, and four of the others aren't, aren't even certain to. I mean, one horse I'd be really interested if they if they went from the Supreme to the Ballymore would be Mighty Potter. But yes. are they, they going to keep that to two miles? It's 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 an absolute bloody might. It is. I said earlier, it's a mess of a race to bet in. And it, it is. And, and 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 Kev as well. Just to pick up on the horse that Tony just mentioned, Jinto. There, I, I I listened to Jack Kennedy after his last win. And he is adamant this horse is a stayer. You know, he he's not slow, but he's certainly not the quickest. So he'd be perfect for the Ballymore here. And an eight to one, is he a proposition for you at this stage? Yeah, like at the at the prices now, because of all the uncertainty, like he's he's surely on time to go for the Ballymore. They were making noises about the free mauler, weren't they? He could but go for that. Like he'd be he'd be obviously a one would imagine is a fairly heavy fab for that, but he'd be very prominent in the market here too. Mm. And like he's a great one winner, he's not the flashiest horse. Um, I thought he was absolutely extracting the urine, as they say at Nace last time. He, he was idling the whole way and, um, you know, was, was value for more. Um, before that, he, he smashed up Eric Bloodaxe at Navin, who, who came out and won a, won a decent race himself thereafter. Um, like, right, I think yeah. this is potentially a very good horse. Um, and his jumping is is what you'd want it to be, and he's tactically versatile, and so he's just very straightforward in general. Um, so, like, he'd be 
at the top of my list, I'd say at this stage for this race. I'd also echo what Tony said there about Mighty Potter. I, I just really like him uh, and wherever he goes, I, I'd be keen enough on him. I noticed the Supreme is looking very hot, but if Gordon, um, this is the thing, you just don't know. Like Gordon could <laughs> shuffle the pack there, but Mighty Potter and the Ballymore, Pajinto and the Albert Park, and you'd have yeah. a very strong position in both races. Um, so you just don't know. And lads, we're getting what we paid for here. This is the way we allowed it to pan out. And it's just the same every year. And it's absolute dose. Yeah, it is. Uh, we've just got five decks in. The five decks of the Clarence House are Anurgamine, Shishkin, Hitman, First Flow, and Kev's old favourite, Amula Gold. Oh, we, nice. we have a race, lads. We have a race. No, I mean, we, ha- against- we have a race at this stage. Yes. We have we a set of races. Five stage. <laughs> I'll just I'll just text Willie now. He, he always answers my text. Willie, keep that it. horse in the feckin' race. I, I'll tell you what, if... If Willie told me it was his auntie, I'd have to double check to check it wasn't his uncle. <laughs> <laughs> what would you be checking for, TC? The beard, is it? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, we'll move on from the Ballymore to the Champion Chase. Yeah. That brings oh, nice I'm not even going to go what I was thinking about there, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't. If Barry Orr was here, he'd kill us. He'd cut us off right now. Right. Um, we're talking about the Champion Chase then, because obviously we, we could potentially, if everyone holds their ground, and it's a big if, I know that. Um, yeah, but Kevin Blake, if Shishkin and Anergamin uh, both line up in the Champion Chase at Cheltenham, uh, at the prices, 11 to 10 Shishkin at the moment, 5 to 2 Anergamin and Shaka Brasile, one. So just leave him out for a minute. I'm with an argument, I have to say. Um, a five to two, I, I think this this horse is slightly underrated. I think Shishkin is the big high horse, and and rightly so. He's done everything right. Uh, but I am a fan of Willie's horse. Where do you come down? I'm a fan of both of them, but when you're weighing it up, like Shishkin, I suppose, but going to Cheltenham, he has no massive concerns or, or unknowns with Shishkin. You know, he, he in fairness to him, like I, I was picking at him a bit after his novice season that, that he wasn't, you know, it was hard to put your finger on just how good he was. He did more last time, I think. Uh, I was impressive in doing it. You know, there's no concerns about Cheltenham, whichever way the ground comes up, etc. Um, and Ergamine, on the other hand, I suppose he's never been to Cheltenham. Um, he does go a little bit out to his right at times. Um, you you yeah just uh, look he's very talented clearly very very talented um i hope we get the big clash um this weekend i, I think it's a good chance i know i was i was obviously very skeptical about um shishkin the, the tingle creek etc but I, I i could see this happening and i said it a couple of weeks ago i, I could see it happening i think that there's less reason for freeder for the back out you know nikki has a race fit horse now I don't think he'll be terribly against ha- having a, a strong race at this stage. Willie, you know, needs to get a run into an ergamine. The Dublin Racing yeah. Festival won't appeal for, for obvious reasons. But the, well, I say obvious reasons. The ground, I think you'd rather not run him on the type of ground that seems likely at Leopardstown. So I, I think the, the the it's all lining up here for, for a right good race. And, and we'll certainly know more about an ergamine's um, peak ability, I suppose, after this. But even if um, he went and, you know, beat Shishkin or gave Shishkin a real good go of it, um, you would still have those lingering concerns about Cheltenham when he goes there. So I'm holding my wish a little bit on it, but if you made me pick one at this stage, it, w- it would be Shishkin. So how big a factor are those Cheltenham concerns, um, Vanessa? Because and I say this because I backed Shaq and Bersois last year. I was all over for the champion chase. And I love the horse and he was brilliant to punch his town a few weeks later, but he just didn't turn up at Cheltenham. And, you know, he has form as well when he, when he travels that he just doesn't put his best foot forward if he, if he gets there in the first place. So how big a concern is it like for a horse like an argument, if you are a fan, that he hasn't, you know, been exposed to Cheltenham yet and might that might be an issue? Well, when you 
looking at horses that hold the record going into a championship race like this with all those ones next to their name and you're really having to dig down and pick holes in them of course that's a factor of course it comes into play shishkin loves it around there spins around there very happily and ergumin is yet to show that but i don't think on anything we've seen thus far you'd be really particularly like worried about a particular angle but of course it's a question mark next to his name and that's why there's a difference there in the prices i'm with shishkin for if they meet on saturday and also the champion chase i just think uh he ticks so many of the boxes now and as long as everything goes to plan with him i'd take him over an ergamine and yeah he'd be my selection in the champion chase i'm sticking with him and then below that you know an ergamine is sort of his latest and most uh i think probably is his highest quality um the the highest quality horse to take him on definitely in recent times so it's going to be his biggest question mark but after that you've got like you say Shakan, who's disappointed at the festival before might not go nube negra i'd say that his cheltenham win was his sort of big day in the sun and i think he was trained to the minute for that and that went his way i'd be worried about him coming well maybe not they're going to freshen him up and bring him back to the champion chase but then you've got Grenatine, same thing. Tingle Creek was his big day in the sun, trained to the minute for that. Alaho won't go. Captain Guinness, no thank you. Envoy Allen, no thank you. First flow, no thank you at Cheltenham. Politolog, too old. Put the kettle on over the hill. Then you get down to the likes of a horse like over Hitman. The hill. <laughs> put the kettle on. Um, well, then you get down to a horse like Hitman. And interested to see that he's in the five, to hear from Tony that he's in the five day decks for Ascot. He's a horse who I just really, of all the horses in this champion chase field, we haven't yet seen the best of him. I think there's a lot more to come from everything Paul said about him, from the work he does at home, from what we've seen on the track as well. He's very much like everything else is very exposed, maybe except an argument in terms of improvement. But from the rest of them at bigger prices, you know, we know most of the facts about the rest of them. Whereas Hitman is the horse that I keep coming back to is just the younger, more progressive. And maybe not this year, but I think he's got a lot more in his locker and he's a real work in progress at the moment. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him definitely step forward and improve on what he did when he beat Grenadine, when he was behind Grenatine. And just the difference in the prices for the champion chase, he'd be, I thought, five to one. A big price as a, yeah. as a horse look i don't i'm not saying he's going to be she's going to an argument on red on tip-top form but as a horse at a bigger price to take a punt on i think he's the one in the field that we yet to see the best of over two miles that's really interesting tc 25 to 1 and if vanessa as, she, as vanessa says if he comes out this weekend and runs very creditably against yeah. the two big horses he will shorten considerably um yeah i, I like the horse i mean i, I thought he, he would have gone a lot a lot closer obviously in the tingle creek he hadn't made that mistake two out and i know nichols thinks a, a lot of that horse and you've got to remember he did go into that tingle creek rated only 154 so I, it was a really really good performance the problem with hitman is it's i think he's exactly the kind of horse that nichols might bypass cheltenham with and target really really yeah uh, i think so um Could see that Could it see is that. Uh, that champion chase, I mean, you look at it, I mean, it's it's the ultimate no-bet race. Shishkin's the right <laughs> price. Energamine's the right price. The rest have got absolutely no chance, have they? Uh, <laughs> if any of them turn up, the, the only one, and I might as well preempt a question, answer a question we've had later on, Shakun Poussois is the only one that's got any form credentials to actually have a realistic chance of beating them if they're on their A game. Um, and he, obviously he's had his problems uh, disappointed in the Tingle Creek and uh, obviously a problem came to light subsequently. Um, they are, they are, they, they're half confident of getting him to the uh, Dublin Racing Festival in three weeks. So uh, they think they, well, they think they've got a horse 
you know, back after that injury. So the only like the only one I could you could put make a credible case for against the top two would be Shaq and Boussois. But as you mentioned, you you put the kiss of death on him last year, and <laughs> um, and, and he's soured, and, and he's never been the same horse since. No, he hasn't. I wouldn't yeah, be well, touching him with a barge pop. Yeah, he was spreading the punches down, but I mean, I mean, I, I just he, he, it absolutely drives me bananas. This horse, I I I don't know, <laughs> and sometimes I've been critical of. Paul Town and the way you know he's going to set out about him. I think he just needs to make all and grind them down to the ground. But he, he drives me absolutely bananas. And then the punch standing came out, he was brilliant. And that just made me even more pissed off when he did shut himself. <laughs> anyway, anyway, it's all set up nicely. But I mean, look, we have our little, we have our precursor this weekend. Like, we have an ergamine potentially against um, Shishkin. I just hope that that is the case. And look, we'll obviously talk about it on Friday racing only better if that turns out to be, be if we've been hurt so many times before have, Hugh, how can we, we commit have. again we can't we can't <laughs> how can we love scene. again one of the great lines from Kevin earlier in the year wasn't it said, uh, when um, when Willie declared his hand for the Tingle Creek about three weeks beforehand he said he's going to fill his trousers he's going to fill his trousers <laughs> is it Willie's turn to stuff his strides this weekend we yes. will see I hope not I hope not um, okay the three mile novice chase division for Sheldon then it's the great Greg's vegan sausage roll novice chase. Is it or not? <laughs> <laughs> vegan sausage roll. Let's talk Brown's, about this. Come on, vegan lads. sausage what roll novice chase. On? Or is it still the Browns advisory? <laughs> I, who God knows? Just bloody keep the bloody names of the festival chase. Anyway, um, Galloping the Shop. Galloping the Shop would be for many people. Kevin Blake, um, one of the bankers of the meeting, um, himself and Fernie Hollow for me in the Arkle. A nice little double there. Um, oh. This horse wins. If he lines up in the Greg's vegan sausage roll novice chase, he wins for me. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what the, the, the Grand National's still up for grabs isn't it no, no the Gold Cup is still up for grabs perhaps the, the Greg's vegan sausage roll can the Gold Cup, Gold Cup. <laughs> I'll tell you oh, what if, if, if we got to about a week beforehand they were really desperate they said yeah. <laughs> Right. Well, we'll, we'll stick a few quid in the hat, lads. Come on, we'll get, we'll get them. We'll get them. Betfair, fill your trousers, gold cup. Fill <laughs> <laughs> your trousers, gold cup. Oh my god! Um, the Browns advisory. Um, Gallop and Deshaun, Kevin Blake wins this race. It's all very um, short and sweet for me. He wins. There's nothing will touch him. Um, uh, I know. It's a brave man's game as closest to him in the betting. Um, yeah. 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 Sure, look, we'll, we'll probably get to see Galapan again um, in, in the next couple of weeks at Leopardstown, <laughs> uh, which would be great to see. Same course and distance as that um, fairly electric uh, chasing debut. You know, we, we, we take the Mickey a good bit of auto praise and people getting carried away, etc. But he was very, very good um, at Leopardstown um, in terms of his technique and everything else and the power of it. It looked like a classic case of a horse that, yeah, as good as he was over hurdles. And you know, don't forget, he was a grade one win in Novice. Um, he's going to be a better chaser and, and he's just very, very exciting. So um, he'll go to Leopardstown, one imagines, and get the job done and end up going off a, a very sharp price here. Um, but I do like Brave Man's game. I've liked him all the way through. Mm. Um, like he, he'd, be, he'd be as good a jumper, if not better, than Gallop and the Champ. And that's, that's saying plenty. Um, I, I just, I, I do really like him. He, he's very nimble. Um, he, he's very efficient. I do like him a lot now. I know um, All Concerned really liked Brave Man's game going into Cheltenham last year and they, they came out with their tails between their legs. Um, I think they'll have a better chance going in this year. Um, but yeah, it, it's hard not to like Gallop and the Champ, but if you look at the, the prices the way they are now, I'd, I'd have to go Brave Man's game. Um, yeah. Assuming he runs here, it's not a certainty, assuming he runs at Cheltenham at all. 
um, given some of the noises that have been made by connections. But but I do really like him. He's made a, a wonderful transition defenses, um, and he's beaten some some you know some very good horses along the way so far already. So um, yeah, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be sleeping on Brave Man's game. Well, if I know you, Tony Calvin, and I think I do, you're all over mm. the reverse forecast galloping the shop of Brave Man's game, Andy Post, <laughs> right? I haven't got any issue with those prices, really. I mean, normally I like to get annoyed about anti-post prices, but, you know, you've got Galloping Duchamp about 2.82, Brabant's game 5.5. Yeah, fair enough. Ahoy Senor, you can give that an outside chance. I think there's a bit more depth to the race than people making out. You've got Fury Road and Beacon Edge. I think they're they're fair place chances prospect. One horse that would really interest me after yesterday if I knew it was game for the race, uh, would be Capadano, the one that was second to Bob Ollinger, because you know he's got he's got form at three miles. Um, stepping up in trip, Capadano would would half interest me each way. But mm. is he going for the race? He's probably only about a 10, 12 to one chance. Um, and probably go for one of the handicaps. Never mind one of the other novices. Uh, it depends what <laughs> depends what they do to it after yesterday, um, doesn't it? Really? Um, again, uh, it's. I can't get excited about this race. Novice chases aren't really my bag anyway. We're really um, on a downer this this Monday, aren't we? Yeah. Not really. I, mean, I, 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 I really I don't like people talking up people, uh, you know, talking about races as betting races when they're clearly not. And the free races we're covering this week, unfortunately, it's best to be honest about it. Would any of us have a, have a bet in any of the free races as it stands? With so so, so many doubts up in the air. I mean, the answer, the, 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 answer, the answer from this end is no. Yeah, be bits yeah. and pieces, be bits and pieces. I'll tell you, I, I forgot, to, I meant to mention them and I forgot until you mentioned them, Tony. Fury Road, you can make a case for him being overpriced. Yeah. Um, like, it got off the mark over fences last time, like smashing up Ron Why hasn't he been over fences sooner, Kev? I mean, he was over the hurdle, it was a three-mile hurdle division for ages and he was doing nothing there. It's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, well, he went to a fourth to one for stairs hurdle, but he just he just ran rubbish. Like, that, was, that was some, that was some yeah. mystifying pun. That, on the day, yeah. yeah. He ran terrible, but the, the previous year, like he, he's, like you look back at that form, he was third in the the Albert Bartlett, you know, in, in against mm-hmm. latest exhibition, the Monkfish in a, in a three-way photo, you know, which is a fair effort. Uh, and he was like, I, I'd have a big opinion of Run Wild Fred. You know, he went into that yeah. race with an official rating of one five nine, and Fury Road has smashed them. And um, look, I know Run Wild Fred made a bad mistake along the way, but like Fury Road, there was no doubt about it. Like he he, he belted up really. Was it first so, time blinkers there as well on that horse? Because yeah, that horse, first time cheek pieces. A few a few yeah. people have um a few people have you know hinted that he might have had to keep it a bit for himself. So the, the first time headgear there might have uh, might have perked him up. Yeah, there was a thought for a while that he could do with them. They were kind of slow to put them on, but you know they got the big result when they did. So, like, like it, it is a deep race now. Like those, those three, the big two, and him. Like they're they're very, they've shown a very very high, you know, particularly I suppose Braveman's game of Fury Road. Like in terms of black and white, what's on the paper so far? Like they've achieved a very very high level of form. And um, Gallop and the Champ has all the potential to do so. But like those two have it in the book, and that sets a, a high old bar. Like so this is for all the the. The annoyance about the 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 fact that there is four novice chases at Cheltenham like this this if these all if these three end up going it certainly would make it a high class contest. You're a Brave Man's Game fan, Vanessa, aren't you? 
Yeah, definitely. Much of what Kevin says, how can you not be really with what he's mm. done so far? He was a decent enough hurdler. Went to challenge him. You know, I know he got smashed by Bob Bollinger. What was he beat? 10 lengths or whatever. But he ran a fairly good race, a solid, it was a solid effort from him, if a little bit disappointing in the initial aftermath. But when you look back at it, it was a solid enough effort. And then you look at what he's built on, yeah, how he's built on that now chasing and his jumping and the way he just sits in that cruising gear. You know he's going to operate. You know he can, you know, you, you just he's rock solid in lot of areas um it'd be interesting to see if they do go here with him i really hope they do uh, and i'd be with him over the favorite at the moment like kevin says specifically at the prices and then the other horse who i'm very fond of is a hoy sailor obviously disappointed last time when Ahoy, he sailor. <laughs> <laughs> i always call him that a hoy senor Santini, the Santini element. That's your that's your that's your shadow ploy there, Friday night, Vanessa. That's just all coming back to me from Saturday. Ahoy, Vanessa. But uh, oh, that one's gonna stick. That one's gonna stick. Ahoy, senor. I should be saying this is definitely not the first time I made this mistake, which is a bit of a worry. Ahoy, senor. I'm not giving up on him, but I'd be worried about him going to Cheltenham. I think if for this race, I think he needs to, you know, his jumping needs to improve dramatically from what we saw him do at Kempton when he got beat by Brave Man's Game. And on top of that, I prefer, prefer to obviously see him back to where he won his grade one over hurdles at Aintree. Both his really good performances have been at flat tracks going left-handed at Newbury and Aintree, once over hurdles, once over fences. Question marks for me with that high knee action and the way in which he runs about Cheltenham. And... I, I wouldn't want him in this race, but I'm definitely, he's not off the list if we see him back. Um, you know, in, in top, I think he's a really, really top class horse, a horse senior, and uh, he'd still be on my list, but just not for this specific race. Ahoy, Sailor. Do you have to go home now or do you fancy joining me and Greg's for a vegan sausage roll? <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you, That's that my is... chat up line, guys. It's out of the bag now. I'm just taking. I've just taken the 101 about that being the this week's uh, working title. <laughs> Ahoy Sailor. Ahoy, Ahoy Sailor. Sailor. Absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, guys, we'll we'll move on. So to uh, listen to questions, that's um, that's footsteps of the festival for this week. And hopefully we're giving you a steer on the horses that we have no idea where they're going to run or if they're going to line up. But Excellent. it's been plenty of fun talking about it all the same. Um, so Neil Madden says, uh, please discuss the mentality of Irish and British trainers. Irish trainers seem to find a race for their horses and run regardless of the opposition, whereas British trainers are more concerned about the opposition you'd be lucky to get one horse taking on Bob Ollinger over here is that fair criticism um, do you think I don't think it's a mentality thing it's a, it's a reflection of the programs you know you, there isn't much scope to duck and dive in Ireland you know there's a, a very limited number of races once you win your maiden chase your maiden hurdle what have you and like you might have kind of one of two options but certainly no more generally so they kind of have to run you know, whereas in Britain, um, you know, the the, the, the greater race program book is, is about 600 pages long and you, you can kind of duck and dive all you like um, because the quality of horse isn't there. So um, it's under, I'm not going to knock, you know, British trainers for doing what they do because I'd probably do the same thing if I was pushing the buttons. But um, it's a reflection of the program, I think, as much as anything. Yeah, OK, fair enough. Um, Greg Kelly says, can somebody explain how the pretend qualifiers work? Surely it's bad rep for sport if horses don't do their best to get the good mark or am I undertaking one um, we've had an answer for this one from Marcus Whedon who replied to Tony on Twitter and said due to a fairly recent rule change you have to be in the first six in the qualifier and can't jog around at the back to protect your rating like the good old days my dad trained a 1995 winner who won his qualifier but that wasn't the plan the jockey got <laughs> off and apologised <laughs> yeah. um, 
I actually looked into this. Um, the trader in question was Colin Whedon, and the horse was Miracle Man. The, he, actually, oh. he actually won that Warwick race from Saturday, won by a short head. So I'm assuming that's the one uh, the jockey apologised for. Uh, but he, he went on to win his next start by 10 lengths and he won the Potemps final by a short head. So honesty does pay. There you go. <laughs> yeah, nice there's, like, look, there's, like, there's 20 qualifiers or so. I think there's about 15 in England, a couple in Ireland. I don't know if they still have them in France, but um, first six, you qualify. Um, like it, it is silly. Like like many things when you in jumps racing, when you step back and you look at it, the notion that you have a race like this at you know inverted commas the Olympics of the sport, you know a race that rewards such tucking and diving, and um, and what would you call it? Kind of clever placing. It probably shouldn't be there. Like I enjoy it. We we all enjoy. I well, love most it. Of, most I of us enjoy it. the process, but it is silly. You know, it's, it doesn't marry up with kind of the core principles of what we're trying to do. You know, I know it cloak yeah. and dagger people. Well, a lot of people love it but um really if you're if you're you know coming up with a Cheltenham festival from scratch you really really wouldn't have it in there yeah fair enough okay flagship to uk says uh, realistically what can be done to clean up the game from horses not running on their merit example um well he mentioned <laughs> the order of questions there. is not coincidental there is it <laughs> yeah um yeah I, i'm not going to mention the trainer here because we, it could be libelous um but we mentioned a horse recently that was um from five to four out to five to one and never got going well it had to say five to four gone odds on wins without breaking sweat without you know commenting on the horse uh the horse's mm-hmm. run and the betting beforehand the one he's re- the horse he's referring to is petrol head at warwick on saturday put in a very short price backed into about 11 to 8 Drift are about over eight to one at Betfair SP and nine to four in the place market and runs badly. Now, mm. I, I had a look at the race and the horse just never went a yard. Um, so whether he's putting artificially short because of connections and the history of landing gambles, that's probably the reason. But um, yeah, I mean, like I say, the market does tend to indicate whether they're uh, whether they're going to be first rather than last, isn't it? And in this case, it indicated it wasn't going to run its race and it didn't. Well, um, Bill's followed up and said, look, can I add to this? Were there so many massive drifters before exchange betting began? Obviously, there's always been steamers in the market just before the off, uh, which would affect the books and see other horses pushed out. But were there uh, these huge drifts on individual horses, GC? Like, did that, did, is that as old as time itself? Well, or, well in, in the old days, what, what used to happen is, if um, obviously pre-Betfair, uh, what happened, used to happen in the old days, trainers and owners would just tell bookmakers, uh, whether it be off-course bookmakers or on-course bookmakers, and they're trying to get some money out of it that way. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously the one of the, you know, everyone says about the event of Betfair in 2000, it, it was a bad thing, but it only highlighted what was going on beforehand. Um, and, left so, the, and left the pay, proper paper trail. Yeah. So, I mean, I, like I said, it's, it's you know, at least, at least people can make their minds up about drifters. But, I mean, my betting philosophy, if a horse drifts, I will go in again. Uh, the, the the biggest biggest winning drifter we've had in recent months was Grenatine in the uh, in the Tinkle Creek. It was putting at five to two, nine to four earlier in the week, and it wins at twelve to one on the day. Massive drifter, um, you know. Look, you've got to make your own mind up. People people will have some connections that don't go near. People will have some trainers that don't go near jockeys, etc. But at the end of the day, it's just a personal choice. I, I absolutely. Brad Maxley says, can you explain the volatility of prices with online bookies, for example? How much would it take to bet on a horse for its price to be cut in a midweek fixture versus a weekend fixture? Trying to understand how much money is behind these movements you see in price. Um, I imagine, TC, it doesn't have to be a huge amount of money to, to no. move well, price. Well, if you go and click on Odds Checker, uh, a horse's price can change 
tens, 20, 30s of times because a lot of bookmakers just track the bet fair price. And obviously the bet fair price is quite um, volatile. Uh, so if a horse goes from, you, you can change a horse's price quite easily for hundreds of pounds. So if a horse goes from five to uh, 5.5 to, to 3.5, the, all the prices will change on odds check over the fixed odds firms. And you, like you said, you can get 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 price changes in, in the course of a day. Uh, if, if, if a bookmaker in question is just simply tracking the Betfair price and adjusting their books accordingly with a margin. Okay, good stuff. Antonio and National Home Tips have both kind of asked in the same vein. Uh, surprised by Shishkin given the green light, will Willie now pull the plug on an argument? Who wins if not? And uh, National Home Tips, uh, where should an argument run Ascot or Leopardstown? We hope they both run at Ascot this weekend. Uh, I, I think the guys are all with Shishkin. I'm with an uh, argument. So. Um, it'll look it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out but hopefully they line up David Brown said I read a quote from Mickey Henderson stating already about Constitution Hill and fences and um, next year why is winning champion hurdles not seen as a thing to do anymore it was exciting to think of a possible supreme winner tackling its elders but um, now it ain't for this reason I, I, I just and the reason I mentioned Bob Ollinger not to take away from what he did yesterday I did think it was a good performance yesterday but I was thinking about it yesterday when Henry de Bromhead was commenting on Kevin is the amount of work they've had to do to get him to jump reasonably well in schooling sessions that God, imagine they left him in the herding division this year and he was taking on honeysuckle. That would be just mouth watering. But look, I guess, you know, it's all, it's all. Yeah. Bad. It's just totally out of fashion to, you know, to say hurling, you know, it was, it was often the case that, you know, you'd only end up as a staying herder if you were a failed chaser, but now um, it's, it's the case that hard that, you know, owners just don't want to stay hurling. You know, Honeysuckle is only staying hurdling because she's a mayor. You know, if she was a gelding, I'd imagine she, even even as a champion hurdle winner, I say she's a strong chance um, she would have gone over fences with her background. Um, you know, and any power would have been the same, I'd imagine. You know, so we're ending up with, with these horses, you know, running up sequences of champion hurdles almost by accident. Um, and it's just the way it's gone. And the thing is, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but the program just hasn't adjusted to this you know, massive change in trends of how young horses are prepared and what the ultimate goal is. And we're left with all these, these hurdle races that, that aren't really needed anymore um, because everybody wants to end up over fences. And the, the best novice hurdle prospects are consistently being sent over fences the following year. Um, so that's kind of where we are. It's just, it's just a fashion thing. You know, it's like bumpers. Bumpers used to be, when I was getting going to racing, like bumpers were a huge thing, especially in Irish racing. Everyone loved them, you know, huge betting races, et cetera. And it's just gone way downhill. Because a lot of the, the very best, well, most of the best national hunt prospects are now being trained for point to points. And um, because that's where the, the, the most lucrative resale market is. And the bumpers have, have suffered massively. And, uh, but again, the program hasn't adjusted to reflect it. And we haven't yeah, and even again, seen the best, it, best, the best bumper horse of the last few years. Sorry, Vanessa and Stradivarius has been running in the Ascot Gold Cup. So, you know, just don't see them, but he should. Uh, anyway, go on. No, I was just going to say, like Kevin says, you know, it's all about the fashion. It ties in with this whole, you know, the we've spoken about it before. The Irish point to point has been the most fashionable and valuable asset for national, you know, for people wanting to buy a national hunt horse. And then if they've run in a point to point, finish second or first, obviously they make a fortune at the sales and then they are, they are expected and connections then have it in their mind that they're going to go back over fences at some point after their bumper and hurdling um like novice hurdling campaign and so that's just the fashion the way it's gone it's point to point bumper novice hurdling season back over the bigger fences because that's where they started 
Whereas obviously when horses were more coming off the flat to run over hurdles, those horses would be kept over hurdles, make the division more exciting. And as I think it was Rory DeLaghi on yesterday's um, Sunday debate, you know, he made the valid point that obviously lots of people have picked up on that now because of the market, because of prize money, because of the uh, Australian factor, and the American factor, mainly Australian factor, these good flat horses are being snapped up, you know, in that middle distance to stay in category, they get snapped up, sold abroad, sold elsewhere to keep running on the flat and so those horses aren't filtering through to the hurdle division anymore we don't see that anymore and instead we've got this point-to-point sector coming into play and that has an effect on who stays hurdling yeah and it's a very valid point as well and maybe you can take this one as well Vanessa but obviously I'm not sure I agree with this he says why do so many in the racing media are constantly moaning about a lack of competition in jumps racing pedal stories or views angling to split Constitution Hill and John Bonup instead of pushing to hype up one of the races of the season. I don't think that's the media, Stubbsy. That's just my view. I think that's the questions are always asked after the trainers give their answer. And based on those answers, people will have stories about the possibility of where they will run. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't you know can't, it's You can't write a story and hype up a race that you genuinely don't think is going to happen. Constitution mm. Hill and John Bond might not be the perfect example for that. But obviously, you know, the racing post, Sky Sports Racing, you can't talk if you genuinely in your heart of hearts think they're going to be split up, then you've got to tackle that fact, that question mark. That's what the media are there to do. I get what he, I get the point he's making. We want to have competitive racing, but we can only hype up a race like Constitution Hill versus John Bond in the Supreme if we know we're not going to have the wool pulled over our eyes in a few weeks time when one of them gets sent somewhere else. So no one wants mm. that because you just, you spend hours talking on a podcast on the TV and writing articles about something that's never going to happen. So and, and it's the program. Like again, if, if there was only a two mile and a three mile race, that does, that discussion wouldn't need to take place because it only be one option for Constitution Hill and the other fella. You'd be going the two miler. That'd be it, that'd be it. Don't say him again. He's on one today, Tony. He's Bloody on program. Benjamin uh, Rumery says, um, who's experienced ground, field, size, track, etc. holds in best stead for the Supreme? So again, this is Constitution Hill, John Bond, Sir Gerhard, or uh, Dysart Dynamo. If they're all rockets, who wins the race to the moon? Um, it's ifs and buts, isn't it really? I don't know. I, I mean, I Constitution Hill. If you have to pick yeah. for me between those I, two. I, I, I'm, those I'm, I'm with you, Vanessa. Yeah, I'm with you. If, if I had to pick one, Constitution Hill. Uh, Dylan Brethwaite on the same team says, should novices get an allowance to encourage them to run in championship events, i.e. Constitution Hill getting £5 to run in the champion hurdle or Fernie Hollow getting an allowance to run in the champion chase would add more depth to championship races. Yeah, um, let's stick a few more allowances in the pan as well. Why not? Let's give everything yeah. an allowance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> apart from apart from the allowance we give Kev every week for talking absolutely. That crap. would make that um, would probably make more sense than the mayor's allowance. It would, it? Tony. I actually, yeah. when I read that question when you sent it through, I actually, gen- all joking aside, I thought to myself, Jesus, I'd prefer that than the mayor's allowance yeah. at the grade one level. Would I'd you? much yeah. prefer that. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. the, great, the mayors yeah, would still yeah. the mayors would still run, so you'd mm. still have the mayors. And look, yeah. Constitution Hill probably wouldn't go there. Probably I don't know who would. Fernie Hollow probably wouldn't either, because those trainers, you know, go down a set path. They're set in quite a way in which they sort of the pattern in which they like to take. But it would encourage some people to run in a champion hurdle or a champion chase. It definitely would. Yeah. Whereas the mayors' allowance is just bullshit yeah. at great uh, and, then, and then there's added bonus when Kona Green wins a gold cup by four and a half lengths with a five pound allowance <laughs> people would lose their shit wouldn't they well they would yeah, yeah. Oh, god who was which was which was Rich Richie's horse did he beat that year who I backed I was all, I can't, um, 
uh, in the Gold Cup. Uh, come, come, come back to me. One of um, Richie's, he was a kind of serial runner-up. Jackadam. Jackadam. Well done. I was all over Jackadam that season and oh, still puking after Coney Payton. <laughs> Um, Liam D, where does Jeski stand in the pantheon of modern hurdles? Personally, I feel he's almost a forgotten horse. Champion hurdler, Irish champion hurdler, Irish stairs hurdler, numerous great ones, almost a million in prize money, a truly great modern hurdler in my eyes. I, I, I great, I love Jeski. I, I, I mean, he just was unfortunate that he, he was running into Hurricane Fly so often, Kev, wasn't he? Yeah, that's it. He was kind of, uh, I won't say he landed in a big era, but he landed against a, a tip topper in, in Hurricane Fly in the main. Um, and look, he, he made a very great contribution to that because you need you need very good horses to take on the greats. And you know, as Hurricane Fly was kind of probably on the downward slope a little bit, you know, Jeski really put it up to him a few times, uh, and it made for great races. So yeah, he, he was a super horse. In fairness, I wouldn't wouldn't like to knock him at all. He yeah. was a, he was a mighty one. Okay, good stuff. Neil Thomas says, brilliant rides by James Bowen at Kempton yesterday. Are we due a changing of the guard at Seven Barrows? Nico maybe to assistant trainer. Uh, you yeah. talk to Nico de Boinville a lot at TC. Yeah. Um, is, he, is, he, is he eyeing up retirement? Well, that, well, that rumour, that, that trader rumour was mm-hmm. doing the rounds uh, uh, late last year and uh, obviously it didn't come to fruition. And, you know, now Nico's not riding badly, isn't he? He's not everyone's cup of tea, but as we mentioned last week, 30 grade ones. He was riding in good form on uh, Kempton on Saturday. Um, the James Bowen story is just, just madness because, like I say, when that story broke, I, I couldn't really say anything because Nico had rang me that morning on a, on a separate issue and he was seen a bit down. I said, well, what's the problem? He said, uh, you know, what they just witnessed shook, shook everyone out there. James Bowen uh, basically was out of it in a, after a schooling fall and Mm-hmm. A.P. McCoy rushed in and he wasn't breathing. He went in there, pulled his tongue out, etc. Um, so yeah, um, and you see James Bowen, you know, they thought they thought he was a goner at one point, the people, the people looking on. So mm-hmm. these jockeys and they just bounce back, you know. I think a couple of days later he's talking about, you know, riding again. It's like when Daryl Jacob broke his hip, and he just said, Well, you know, that's 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 Christmas out of the way, you know. Yeah, yeah just, absolutely. This different breed, aren't they? Um, Owen Ryan says, is this Owen Ryan, um, Victor Chandler, crap golfer uh, yeah. living in Spain as a, an undercover drug dealer? Owen Ryan, that's, that's, <laughs> that'd be him, all right. The only, the, only, the only person knowingly shorter than Dan Barber as well. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, Owen, how are you, Owen? Good to hear from you, man. He says, greetings from downtown Kandahar. Can the panel ever foresee a situation? Where racing taking place in the Sunday in the UK isn't completely and utterly shite. The answer as, is no. as Vanessa would say, Lingfield on Sunday. Not yeah, yes, yeah. quite. Absolutely, get yourself there. Come on now. Yeah, yeah Dublin <laughs> Racing Festival in a few weeks. Come on, Owen Ryan. What are you yeah. on about? It's in England, <laughs> not Ireland. Yeah. Owen, I'm expecting a, um, a flight, um, Ryanair flight to Spain to go over and on the piss with you uh, anytime before uh, Christmas would be great. Jimmy Justice says, well. <laughs> "Yeah, absolutely." Uh, Jimmy Justice says, "Gambling affordability interventions is it a time for racing media to drop the rhetoric and put forward solutions?" Thanks. Mm. A lot of doom and gloom about this, isn't there? I mean, a lot of—I think there was a, a poll going around that only ten people would provide their details, bank details, if asked. If they ten percent continue on continue on betting, I, I think that's a—I think that's a pile of pile, yeah. of, uh, pile of crap. Really, it, look, I personally don't have any problems with it, but then again, you know, a lot of people hide stuff from their wives and partners and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and wouldn't want that coming out, but. Um, I just don't get why people wouldn't, 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 wouldn't gladly provide them if it meant continue better. I mean, affordability checks is a quite a thorny issue, but 
Mm. Uh, no, I don't have any okay. hide personally, but I know plenty do. Okay, Ed Johnson says, "Is if National Hunt Racing is a mess, as Kev and others in the media are pointing, can you discuss the recent ITV viewing figures showing National Hunt Racing to not only have more viewers than the flat, but also to be in an upward trajectory? Is the program of big end of season targets actually more appealing, Kevin?" Yeah, it's just, it's just it's the wrong measure to answer the question you're you're asking. You know, and it's the same like like Cheltenham would come out and when, when they get criticised for their program of races at the festival, they'll come out and say, well, all our metrics are up. You know, ticket sales are up. You know, crowds are up. Demand is up. Everything is up. But it's the wrong measure. You know, it's the wrong measure. You know, I'd be looking at um, you know, betting turnover. I think would be a key measure in terms of measuring how engaged people are with with what with what the product is. You know, and um, like I think you'd have to, yeah, everyone knows my views on that. I think you'd have to be blind to think that because uh, the TV figures are looking good and and demand for tickets for Cheltenham is good, that everything is rosy in the garden. It couldn't be better. You know, I, I just think that would be a crazy view to take. You know, it, jump racing is in such a lucky position that it has the following it has, you know, compared to the flat and, you know, anyone that deals with any sort of content in racing and measures and looks at the analytics and that they'll see the trend. Like you, you get to, you get to Christmas and it just climbs and climbs and climbs all the way to Cheltenham and that's your peak for the year by a mile. And that, that's the way it's always been. But my point is that, you know, resting on your laurels and saying, because of that, oh, everything's fine. Why would we need to change or examine it? You know, you're just, you're going to end yeah. up, uh, letting the thing fall on you we should be capitalizing like, on this wonderful following that we have and making it's it even a bit, better you know it's a bit like saying the fa cup is a great competition still after a cracking final between manchester United and liverpool but just completely ignores the rest of the crap you have to put through for six rounds i mean it's a, you know cheltenham doesn't gloss over i guess and um, the problems with the national hunt program yeah, i, I, I just be cautious of using using the wrong measures you know to, yeah. to answer the question you're, you're you're seeking the answer to you know Okay, we've, um, we've, we'll get through the rest uh, briefly, answers if we can, please. Uh, Sarah Burroughs says, any update from Willie Bones on Shaq on injury? Is he out for a while? Uh, will this cause him to rethink his Clarence House plan for an ergamine and redirect him to the Dublin Chase in Shaq versus Was absence? Well, look, he's declared an ergamine this weekend. Yeah. We'll wait and see if Willie runs him. We don't know. Um, but no, I, I, it wasn't a serious injury. That's the last one we heard. No, like Shaq I said, I, I contacted Joe Chambers, which yeah. was racing manager, and he just said, hopefully, they'll get there in three weeks. Okay, lovely. Andrew Lord says, I noticed the BBC Sport website had no racing stories whatsoever for 17 days from the 29th of December. Is the lack of coverage on BBC Sport and the declining coverage in papers a worry for the sport? And what if anything can be done about it? Well, you might have to worry anymore, Andrew, because <laughs> um, if the Tories have their way, BBC will be down the swanee and you'll never hear from it again in about 10 years' time. BBC have hated model... the racing for a long time anyway, so that's not really new news, to but be honest. But... The, the wider, yeah, the wider issue with the media is I mean, the time, the fact that the Times don't have a racing correspondent anymore is... Yeah, it's depressing. It's yeah. indicative of It's just the way it's going, though. It's inevitable. You know, I just can't believe race cards have lasted so long most papers, you know, I thought they'd be gone years ago to be brutally honest. You know, some yeah. some racing correspondents, you know, barely write a thousand words a week. It's, they just yeah. don't get the space because yeah. of and because of race cars. Dave Connell says Bob Baffert only in America. Absolutely bang on, Dave. Bob Radcliffe says, um, could you discuss the Coolmore owner winner for Bob Baffert last week at Santa Anita? What does it say about Coolmore's attitude towards drugs and racing if they continue to have a horse with Bob Baffert? I didn't see that. Um, um, yeah, yeah, like it's one of those things. It's it's you know it's not just a Bob Baffert problem. It's an American racing problem, really. And if you were to confine yourself to trainers that uh, have an unblemished, um, you know, drug slash medication record in U.S. racing, you'd be, you'd be fishing in a very small pool, you know. Um, yeah. Like all the top guys in the I, well, 
pretty much all the top guys would have had um, plenty of trouble over the years. Bob is the poster boy for it, I suppose, at the minute, isn't he, with, with so many high-profile cases. But um, <laughs> it's, this isn't a Bob Baffert problem. This is an American racing problem. And sure, look, the drugs haven't done Tony Cavill any harm. Sure, look at me, he's absolutely off his head and steroids. New man. It's in great form. It's in great form altogether. And Daniel Valentine says, given the grand prize money on offer, do you think we'll see much Irish representation at Linkfield? Kevin? Uh, I, I think there will be. Yeah, they, we'll, we'll, we'll see yeah. the entries um, any okay. minute, really. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what's entered up. I know Joseph's going to have a couple of entries and it'll be fascinating to see because like Willie and Gordon have both been, um, I suppose, bemoaning the, the possibility of a faster than ideal surface at, um, at Leopardstown. And, you know, while some might consider traveling at this stage of the year not being ideal, they'll be certain what ground they're getting at Linkfield and that, that'll be heavy. Um, okay, most likely so it, it'll be interesting to see lots of money on offer it'll be fascinating to see how these races pan out um, oh last God. few questions R- Richie Lawler says what's happened to AP on ITV has he been canned mm. over the whole valet thing has he been canned he no, no a- a- AP would only do a very small number yeah. of um, yeah. a very small number of shifts in the year um, I, I think he's due to be on at Cheltenham at the end of the month he, actually, was, he, he did he did Musselboro on New Year's Day yeah. Oh, great. Okay, good stuff. Uh, Joseph C says, lads, ground conditions in Leopardstown could ruin the double racing festival again. At Christmas, a deluge of rain, 46 millimetres and watering, only brought the chase track to the yielding to soft in 26. A real pity this could happen again. What is the issue there? The issue is, it's it's so dry. It's ridiculous. I'm looking out my window here. The sun is shining. It's like a summer's day out here at the moment. And Leopardstown needs as much rain as possible. Mm. I think the Dublin race vessel is in real trouble of losing a lot of stars if they don't get the ground right. And it's very difficult. Even if it's seven degrees, you get a suntan, you gingers, don't you? I burn burn when I stand close to the bloody microwave, Jesus. You you burn when you open the fridge. (laughs) (laughs) Need your skiing skiing goggles on. Lost me, lost my earphones. Okay, last questions as we fly through them if you don't mind. <laughs> Stephen Holmes says, why is that horses belonging to Willie Ones are seeing the racetrack at a later age? So Gerhard would be seven running in the Supreme, like appreciated last year. If he's to go chasing, he'll be nine before running an open company at Cheltenham. And um, I don't think it's a Willie Mullins problem. I think it's uh, as Kevin has mentioned. Bumper problem. Hashtag bumper problem. Point to point, bump, not returnable, open. You know, so that's I don't think it's, a, it's a Willie Mullins problem. Yeah. Um, Chris Graham says, why is Brian Hughes not used by Southern trainers more? Because he sort of commits himself to the northern trainers, northern tracks, riding lots of winners, and he can't be in two places at once. If he comes down south to ride something for a northern trainer, obviously he does get picked up by the odd southern trainer, but he's very much committed to the north, and I think that's the way he likes it. Uh, Brian McInerney, will he the novices only having two runs going into Cheltenham? Is that a worry, or will he try another one in February? Um, well, I guess we'll find out about the double racing festival if it's ground. If the ground is, is appropriate, Brian is the only way to answer that. And Paul O'Hare, last one is the standard and depth of jump jockeys as strong as it was 10 or 20 years ago. I've no idea, is it? No chance Hard for 10 tell. years, I'd say. Yeah, I'd yeah. say no chance. 10, year, 10 years ago was, was a really golden anyway. era. Okay, um, listen, dads, thank you so much for all your questions. Um, we got to them all and uh, to Vanessa, to Kevin, and to TC for the last uh, hour or so. Um, hopefully, you enjoy. We're back at Racing Only Better on Thursday. All that remains for us to do is head off to. Uh, Friday, I should say. Friday. All that remains for us now is to go off for a Greg's vegan sausage roll. And we'll leave you with the famous words of Vanessa Ryle. Ahoy, sailor! <laughs> Beautiful.